0: I'm Maddie
1: and I am Ryan Pajaliagala. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> it's pronounced Pajella. And this is
1: the Mutant Ages. This is
0: the Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and we hate Apocalypse in every single one of them. Without fail. Back when we were young. X-Men Evolution he's Season here. 3, which we just finished. And boy, is it a downer that he's here now. Oh, God.
1: Get ready to hear the oboe for 25 fucking minutes.
0: It's, is that what it is? It's
1: an oboe, right?
0: I don't know. I think you I think you were right before when you said it was a pan flute. I don't know what it is. I don't think
1: it's a pan flute. I don't
0: know what it is. It's it's I spent
1: 20 minutes trying to figure out what the instrument was by like YouTubing all the different Egyptian instruments and none of them sounded like this, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, the
0: instrument that people use in like stereotypical ancient Egyptian music that it's like I think it's, doo, it's an, doo, an oboe. Doo, 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 doo. I mean, oboes are not Egyptian. Let's just admit this and move on. It's not an Egyptian <laughs> instrument. Okay. It's it's not. It's somebody it's not, can write in
1: it? and let us know what this instrument is, because clearly we don't fucking know. I mean, Ike, you could try googling Maddie, but it's not gonna like turn out to give you any kind of useful information whatsoever. Because if you Google like Egyptian instrument, it's gonna give you like twenty five instruments. Because it's not like. Any country had one instrument, and that was the only thing they played. You know what I mean? I do.
0: And also, this is making me want to Google how did we come up with the music that we think is ancient Egyptian music? Because there's no way we could hear it. You know, like what? How did we come up with that song that plays constantly? I think.
1: Well, I guess it's because if you look at historically, like what. Every country has had forever and ever. I think you could go back and be like, "Yeah, we've been making this instrument for years because we have sure. like records of us doing that."
0: Uh, you right, know? of course, and there are versions of that where it's like, "Well, we're pretty sure that like the monks sang these songs and like they had their certain musical notation." I mean, stuff like that is interesting to me. Like, I, I mean, like that, you know what that's like a good music. point.
1: Now you're now you're making me think about it because we're like, okay, now we know what, how monks chant and yeah. because it's been I guess it's been passed down over the ages, but then. If you think about something like that, you'd also think about the Bible, which has changed like a thousand fucking times as yeah, it's as I mean, it's gone on for years and years and, and years. Also, right? Like
0: ancient Egypt was so long ago, and like All I right. don't think we. I mean, I I I took okay, this is like really off topic, but like I did take a music history class in college where we like looked at a bunch of ancient music and, and notation and this stuff. This is not and off like,
1: topic. This is still on topic. What barely, are you even saying? Barely, okay.
0: and like I just we. It's too bad because I wish we'd done ancient Egypt in there because then I could like drop some knowledge but we didn't do that we talked about like gregorian chanting and like um ancient greek music anyway honestly sounds great it was really fun it was actually legit my favorite class i ever took in college i love that class but unfortunately i don't have any ancient egyptian music knowledge however the entirety of this episode is a synthesizer playing (laughs) yeah it's like it's like really bad and that Uh, drove me insane but you know what else drove me insane beast talking for 30 fucking minutes about reading us (laughs) reading hieroglyphics reading hieroglyphics Oh, that's it. That's this whole episode is Beast standing in front of some hieroglyphics and reading them. That's it. I
1: mean, it's it is <laughs> absolutely true. It's actually pretty funny because it, it comes is. after a line where he goes, yeah! oh. he's like, I, he's like, I'm not sure if I can read this, and then he reads it perfectly fine for, for thirty like minutes,
0: sixteen hours. He's like, I I don't really remember ancient Egyptian, but let me drop some knowledge on you. Where I literally remember all of it. And Magneto and Xavier are like exchanging glances in the background, like, no, well, that I is guess he can so Beast
1: though. I where know. Beast is like being such a like know it all. Yeah.
0: But he's also like, oh, I'm not that good. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Okay, so all right. Before we even get into that, there's some important things we need to bring up. So this is coming up, uh, but we do have our holiday episode. Oh, right.
0: I already forgot about all of this. I'm uh, yeah, sorry. I'm
1: doing it. I'm taking control. I'm <laughs> okay, taking control you. of the reins because thank like you. I don't know what the fuck happened here. But uh-huh. so on December twelfth at six o'clock Eastern, E.T. is ET. our holiday special. If you haven't if you don't know what this is, you can, you can actually go to last year's episode, which was online on YouTube. We did a live stream where we raised money for the Trevor Project to bring um, joy to people who like don't have homes, especially if you were like a you know, a queer, queer kid. trans kid that doesn't have a home because of stupid politics. Yeah. Um. So we were raising money for that. We're doing that again this year. You could go watch last year's. It was Maddie, Todd, Katie and I. And we did a bunch of things. We sang... Poorly, uh, <laughs> X Men. Well, well Madison sounded great. I wouldn't say the rest of us did because it's like you can't sync up. Online, No, you can't. And and
0: I mean, as people probably know, all of the Christmas carols, um, I recorded versions of them that you can get on my Bandcamp page and people who are part of the Patreon get free versions of those Christmas carols. I will be recording new Christmas carols this year. We're going to we're going to come up with five more and I'll record those and that'll be another little bonus for people. But you can hear them live as well. And we're going to read a Christmas special together. Last year, we did the Morlock Christmas special from X-Men TAS. This year, we're going to do um, Christmas Angel, the episode featuring Warren Worthington from X-Men Evolution, and we will be performing that um, it's probably going to be the same cast. We're going to see if right. T can make it or not. I don't know if, I don't know if he's able to, but
1: I think he said yes, but it sounds like it's going to be the same cast plus Ryan.
0: Yeah. So that'll be fun. We'll have another voice in the mix to cast.
1: We'll have some other Christmas story. Last time we did twist the night before Christmas yep. and we're going to do something different this year. We're going to have another secret sinister, which
0: means that we all exchange gifts and there's only I guess. Well, now there will be five of us, but we'll right. see. It's, it will be a little. I mean, last
1: time it was like we're really, like we figured out who it was immediately, but yeah. this might maybe we'll maybe not this time. Okay, yeah. So the other thing is that there will be some new segments this time. It will run until about 9 p.m. Eastern time. So six to nine. It will be on our YouTube channel. So like I said, we're doing a new Christmas special reading. We're doing new Christmas carols and we will have the secret sinister. Those things are returning. There'll be a new Christmas story. But then there's going to be a couple new segments that uh, I'm putting together currently. To kind of keep it fresh and new. I mean, it's going to be all new stuff either way. But I definitely recommend coming checking out. Block it out on your calendar now. It's a good time. We laugh. Uh, we wear little Christmas hats. You know, <laughs> we it's do. fun.
0: Last year, I remember we played a trivia game. Like we we do fun stuff and we raise money. We
1: are going to have a trivia game that I've invented this Ooh. year. But that is going okay. So I'm going to actually give you a little spoiler on what it is. But it's going okay. to be guessing Christmas movie or and Christmas song titles based on. X-Men references I'm going to give you and you have to (laughs) dissect it.
0: Okay. Okay. That sounds amazing. Um, Okay. So this will be fun, and anybody who wants to come to a Christmas party or holiday party, I guess I should say, with your favorite queer family should should definitely tune into that. Absolutely, especially
1: to anybody who is not getting out this year. Although I think people are a lot more flexible about it. I think
0: by now people are probably visiting their families at the very least. Um, you know, go get your booster shots. But yeah, so just review. That's that's December twelfth at six p.m. ET. And it will go until 9. Yeah.
1: And the other big announcement we we have to talk about before we get going is that... Oh, my uh, God. Disney Plus Day happened, and they announced a whole bunch of new shows coming, including a continuation of X-Men, the animated series called Shocking. X-Men 97.
0: Everybody said this was going to happen, but I didn't even expect it at all. I didn't either.
1: They were like, everyone said that there was an X-Men thing happening. But they've been happening. saying
0: this for years, to be fair. I People know. have been like, this is going to come back. Any day now, it's going to come back. We, are,
1: we were like, blown away, which is really funny uh, yeah. because like, both of us are like, what's happening right now?
0: Okay. Also, it was really funny. Because my coworkers were talking about this in Slack as though it had been confirmed because I think they I think I don't work on the entertainment team at Polygon. I work on the games team and the entertainment right. team was all talking about it as though it had been confirmed because for them, it probably was. They probably got an embargo or whatever. Right. And so I logged into our Slack and I was like, Ryan. Have you seen these rumors about this, this animated series getting picked back up? And you were like, no, that's not real. That's rumors, which is hilarious because Ryan is the person who posts in our site every fucking day the most insane of rumors, claims they're 100% factual. Like Ryan comes in and he's like, Mr. Sinister confirmed for Eternals based on this Reddit post I found. And like Todd and Katie and I will just roll our eyes and be like, okay, Ryan, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. And Ryan's like, I don't know. They got a lot of details in here and we're just like okay Ryan whatever and for some reason today this day you were like no that's not real <laughs> and then it was and I was like oh my god Ryan like what? You, you, this morning you immediately shot me down on this and like it was the one time I was right it was just it I was know. so funny it wasn't even <laughs>
1: just you we had people our listeners in the discord were like hey we hear this rumor about X-Men 92 or X-Men coming back and I was yeah. like and you were like I'm no, like, that's not even gonna happen shut up just just a rumor <laughs> like okay I don't know Anyway, so, so it's exciting. It's, it's gonna very exciting.
0: The- I want people to go back and listen to our interview with Cal Dodd, the voice of Wolverine, because we actually talked to him a lot in that interview about modern day politics influencing the X-Men. And he had some really great stuff to say about it. Like, I'm really excited by that, knowing that the voice actors are so progressive and like so pumped to have a show that was... This political coming back.
1: And influential. Yeah. Honestly.
0: And I really wonder how it's going to go. I I mean, a lot's changed in 20 years, but mostly for the worse in real life. So it's, <laughs> that's fun. But I, yeah. I wonder how it's going to be reflected in the show. If it's going to be reflected, what they're going to do. Genuinely really curious about that. So we are going to have to figure out how to cover that on the show. Like, are we going to change up the order of what we do? Like, what do we want to do? Yeah, I mean,
1: that's something I have been brainstorming a lot about already. And it's kind of like, I don't think we're going to be able to know until we have an actual date as to when it's going to start and how they're going to release it. So I think for right now, we'll just keep on trudging away like we're planning. But I was also like, man, I think we're going to become a non-biweekly show again, whenever that drops, because that's the only way we'll be able to keep up with it. So,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also, I feel like it, we would be remiss not to cover a live X-Men show as it was coming out. Like, we can't not do that, Ryan. Like, come on. No, I know. Like, I, exactly. That would be so exciting for us. I'm really
1: excited for this. We don't have any additional details. We I mean, don't. they haven't reached I out wish. to us personally and many ages not? yet.
0: Why not?
1: <laughs> but we can only wonder because it is the original cast of characters yep. also with the original voice actors without the voice actors for Cyclops and Magneto. Cause they unfortunately are not with us anymore, but right. I didn't even know like who was going to come back until they, they had made the announcement and then Lenore Zan, who plays Rogue was like yes. secrets are finally out Sugar. I can't
0: wait to see you on the other side which and I was is wild like, because she's like a politician now like she is like she's coming like a out real of voice X-Men, acting though. retirement to like voice Rogue again which I fucking love um, I do think the voice actress for Jubilee is gonna be different because she has spoken about that before because she's like I'd rather see an Asian actress have the role and if you read the press release about this casting it says some of the voice actors are returning not necessarily in their original roles so I'm also kind of excited to see maybe they'll cast somebody new as Jubilee and that would be really neat.
1: I think that is what's happening. I think they only said that specifically because Allison Corp being like I'm not going to play Jubilee again but I think what's going to happen is they're going to add Kitty as a main character on the show also and I I think she will voice Kitty.
0: I would love to see that. I would love to see her voice Kitty. I'd love to see her play a totally different role and be Emma Frost. I don't care. I would love. I'm just so excited for this. And
1: that's the uh, the other thing. It's like, okay, are they going to pick up and start doing the 90s and 2000s stuff with the new X-Men? So I
0: think so. You know why? Because in the original X-Men TAS, we were watching it and we were like, they're out of comic books. Like they were up to the minute adapting comic books as they went along back then. And like they were really like lining up to the extent that they were adapting comic books before the comic books came out at various points. Like when they did the rainbow road Bishop episode, that was like before the comics came out. You know what I'm talking about? So they literally ran out of comic books. So now they've got 20 years of comics to adapt. So I think they're going to stick with that.
1: I think so, too. So here's uh, this is my theory. I think they're going to expand on the main character of casting. I think we are going to see. I think Psylocke and Nightcrawler at this point are most likely confirmed to be main characters. I think Emma Frost would have to be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they'll design her. I think they might put her in her Generation X costume or something. Yeah. But. It's really interesting to see what they're going to do because I also have pointed out, I'm like, in terms of how we make cartoons now versus then. Because in the 80s, it was like very fast. In the 90s, it kind of slowed down, but was still very fast. And so we were compacting these whole stories into one episode. Um, we take like two years worth of comics and make one episode about it. I don't think that's how it's going to operate. I think the only thing it's going to be similar to in the original series is that it's going to have the same cast. It's going to have the same Design, but it will not have the same kind of animation. Mm -hmm. And I also think that it will do the thing where it's just covering the comic books, but I think it's going to be slower. I think it's going to be a longer, more adapted plot line so we're not blowing through 20 years worth of comics in like three days. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be more like how cartoons are now and with um, more weight emotionally to them. Not say the X-Men, the animated series, didn't have that because it certainly did, but it also was like, it would have that alongside like goofy voice acting and like a whistle going on in the background. And I don't think that shit's going to happen anymore because that's just not how animation works anymore and how that form of media works anymore. Yeah, uh, Maddie also had a really good point that she kind of touched on already where she was like, how are the politics going to work? Because like, are we going by... And- This is what Todd also said. He said,
0: yes, because we were talking about Bobby's going to be gay in this one now. And Ryan and I were like convinced by that. And Todd was like, well, what if they just continue the politics of the time period where Bobby remained closeted for quite a long time? They might. And to which My
1: response was like, I'm like, I would still like a coming out story for Bobby in the nineties, because you I do. think that would be a much I more. I would love if
0: they actually did it.
1: Can you imagine they did a coming out story for Iceman, but it's like 1997. Yes. Well, it's like dangerous to do that. Like, I feel like that's actually an important piece of history that I would in, not necessarily enjoy quote unquote seeing, but appreciate being there.
0: Yeah. And I, I feel like if they chose to depict Bobby as a closeted character, I don't know. Like it's it's interesting. I sort of I agree with you that I think they probably will make the show a bit darker and more adult because they know that the audience for the show is thirty somethings who watch it as children and they remember how fun it was when they were kids, but they want it to be a little darker now. However, I also think it would be kind of cool if it was for kids because I feel like something that was so valuable about the original show when we were rewatching it was like. This is a show that is depicting bigotry in a way that children can understand. And like, right. That was something about the show that I actually respected. And I feel like X-Men Evolution has continued to carry that torch in a way, maybe for slightly older kids. I'd say X-Men Evolution is at least for 13 year olds, 12 year olds. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it's still it's still making you come along for some pretty dark shit But in a way that is lighthearted, you know, and I, I feel like that's a difficult line to walk now, but like we've seen, I mean, we talk about Steven Universe constantly on the show, but it's because they do I like how
1: I keep thinking about Steven Universe in relation to X-Men, the anime series.
0: Like we're in a post-Avatar, The Last Airbender world, a post-Steven Universe world, like, there's a lot of different tones that they could strike.
1: They, they, they could. And I also feel like they may even go for a sort of a Young Justice vibe where it's because, again, that also deals with a lot of the same fucking concepts that yep. we see in X-Men and, and Steven Teen Universe, Titans,
0: which I rewatched recently. I don't mean Teen Titans go. I mean, the original Teen Titans, it, it it still dealt with a lot of like, oh, these are traumatized children who were taken advantage of. What does that look like for them? And right. that was really cool to see. And I I don't know. So there's a lot of touch points, but I do think that so much has changed since the 90s. In terms of what we expect from television shows You know what I oh, mean? Oh sure
1: I mean like here's the thing Is that I'm sitting here being like oh this is gonna be a 20 minute episode but that's not how TV even Operates anymore because it's gonna be straight to streaming I know
0: it could be any length Right I like, truly don't know what to Expect like truly I mean, exactly
1: like I I turned on the new Cowboy Bebop the other Day and I watched like the first episode oh, I'm boy. like Oh these are gonna be 60 minute episodes and then The next one was like 34 minutes and I was Like oh right because this is streaming so it Yeah could be so be the can do whatever it they, needs they want. To be to, Like and I think it works better because we don't fall into the constraints of like that you have half an hour with commercials to tell your fucking story anymore. And it's like so you like, don't
0: need like, OK, there were all these rules about the two parters and they couldn't do ongoing storylines. I mean, the showrunners have talked about that and we've we've summarized their versions of those stories. And now it's like you can do whatever you want, man. Like you can do yeah, literally whatever I mean, like, you want. We can talk about this for an hour, by the way. Okay, you're right. All right, so I'm just gonna. I will
1: end this on saying that.
0: I'm so because I'm so because they are doing this
1: and they're releasing it for 2023. I think that is a good indication when to start expecting to start seeing at least hints or drops of mutants in the MCU because they wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't be doing that unless they are planning to market it alongside and something. And when just, will you know, Disney so. contact
0: us and ask us to write the live action Mr. Sinister show starring Ryan, co-written by <laughs> man and Ryan? When okay, will this Disney is just call us? Be,
1: at this point, it will just be something we put on um, YouTube. Oh, oh, my God. Okay. By the way. They also released this back to back with uh, The House Agatha Hauka, House yes. of Harkness TV show that's coming out which Very I I'm
0: Very curious about that I
1: one really, Here's my theory I think That is going it's going to take place after Doctor Strange and I think it's going to be
0: Her training about Wanda Her
1: training Wanda I love Catherine Hahn and I love Agatha Harkness right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't think that's like enough to carry The show maybe it no, is but like I agree.
0: No I agree they need an actual plot they need Some stakes and like what are they going to be I think,
1: I think that would be the most logical I think I think it's called House of Harkness specifically because Wanda has to go train under the House of Harkness. That's what I think. And I the other option it could be is like when she did the New Salem thing, it could be both of those stories. I don't really know. But true. Here's the here's the thing. I think this is the official sequel to WandaVision because WandaVision was so wildly successful. OK,
0: also, it's the same showrunner. Oh, it's good. The, it's Jack Schaefer. She's coming back to run this. Did you know good. that? I didn't even know That's that. That's why I'm excited about it, because I'm like, oh, this is no, I great. think it really
1: is going to be the sequel to this. And I think it will be about primarily Here's Wanda. Here's what I think
0: happened. I think Disney came to Jack Schaefer. They were like, hey, WandaVision was a huge success. What do you want to do next? Because like when you have something that's that successful, they come to you and they're like, what do you want to do? And she probably sure. was like, I want Agatha. I want to do an Agatha show. I have no I have no inside information on that. I haven't read any articles about it. I'm, I'm guessing because I feel like she concluded her arc with WandaVision like she was like this is a complete story I totally agree I don't want it to come back like I feel like it was already it had an ending the only sequel
1: you could do to WandaVision is essentially training Wanda or House of M those are the only things you could really go to next and we're not ready for House of M the no. universe needs to continue expanding and also we need
0: X-Men in there before House of M we need Pietro right and all also that like
1: you can't you can't even do like WandaVision 2 because like Vision is now a different character. I know. And you can't also be like, we're going into TV land again. Like it just wouldn't work. So there oh, can't right. be a WandaVision 2, but there could be a House of Harkness, is what I'm saying. So Yes,
0: yes. So I'm very excited about that. All
1: right. Anyway, let's talk about this episode.
0: Okay, now we have to talk about this piece of shit. Okay, so <laughs>
1: <laughs> welcome everybody. Oh, wait, should we do the opening again? Hi, I'm Ryan.
0: I'm Maddie. <laughs> and this, this is the show. Mutant Ages,
1: and we're gonna watch Apocalypse float around and do some crazy shit.
0: Not until the very <laughs> end. Not until the very end folks We're gonna talk oh, about Apocalypse's oh entire God. Fucking life story Nothing first.
1: happens in this episode I was Nothing like happens. There were so many shots Dedicated to nonsense in this I can't even I couldn't I don't know I was yeah, like Yeah
0: we're already mad Okay so there's a Previously on the X-Men Yeah
1: another huge recap That takes yeah, up a it's, huge it's chunk it's Of the episode essentially pr-
0: a recap Of the entirety of part one Which this really tells you Something about TV At the time period Which we say constantly But just to review Probably a lot of people Watched just this episode And didn't see part one because that is just how tv worked you watched it when you could and so they recap all of it they show xavier and they show mastermind telling us who apocalypse is and then they show rogue absorbing every single person's powers and then they show magneto coming to the high school graduation and telling xavier that rogue is under mesmero's control and Rogue flies away into the sky to meet Mesmero, and we'll see that in this episode. Magneto and Xavier get back together, and they agree to work together to find Rogue and seal Apocalypse's tomb so that she doesn't open it. Meanwhile, Logan and Sabretooth are fucking in a car together, <laughs> and Gambit's in the background. I love that they showed that shot again. I was like, ah, uh, remember that part of the episode? That was funny. That's,
1: okay, that's the only good part about this episode, except I it's know, one scene.
0: except it's so much shorter. This episode is awesome. It's rough. Anyway, so then Xavier does this fucking scene where he goes into Cerebro and he's like, so, it turns out I knew all along where Apocalypse was, <laughs> but I didn't tell anybody, and I'm going to put on Cerebro and pretend that's Christ. the reason why, and then they go to the Sphinx, and there's all these hidden tunnels underneath the Sphinx, and they go under there, and then a bunch of fucking statues come to life. Okay,
1: I said it was the four horsemen, but watching this episode, I'm Because
0: there's 65 of them in this episode. Uh, yeah. I get why you thought that, though. I totally get why you thought that, because there were four of them in the previous episode. Okay, also Colossus is here. That was the other thing I forgot to say, or didn't even know, Last time that Colossus was in this episode, but every other character. So I don't know why they didn't take Fred, by the way. They should have taken Fred, but whatever. Well, it's fine. I guess they
1: did it because they already had Colossus and they wanted to do some spotlight on Colossus, which I guess that makes sense. It
0: makes sense because they're setting up Colossus and Kitty in this episode, which I will admit is actually kind of cute.
1: Hold on a second. When you think about this, Fred and Toad are just not here, everyone else is. Like literally everyone else is except for Freddie and Toad. Are it they just- actually
0: makes no sense. And
1: Wanda and Lance. Never mind. It's just Pietro. Oh, is it? Is it because Pietro is like Magneto's little butt boy?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Okay. Like Never Magneto mind. was
0: like, we're only going to take the mutants who are ready for this. Remember that? Remember he says that?
1: That's because he only brings the alkaloids, and Quicksilver is like one of them at this point.
0: But he's not. Oh, okay, well he kind of is. I guess you're and right. By
1: alkaloids, I mean acolytes.
0: Alkaloids. <laughs> alkaloids. They only bring Alkaline. the alkaloids. <laughs> he brings. He brings a little box of alkaloids with him. Um,
1: Mike, you know he needs a mint, probably Wolverine. Anyway. Yes.
0: Yes. Okay, so then after all of that recap of episode of part 1, the episode finally begins except it picks up right where we left off like it just slides right from the previously okay. on into the I episode i didn't even
1: know the previously on ended because it was just it like doing the previously on scene and then it just like there wasn't like a fade out or anything no. it was just the next scene it, it just, just continues, continues which
0: i actually don't hate because it does literally <laughs> continue right from the previously on but it's like well what if you skipped the previously on it was just <laughs>
1: jarring to me because i went back i was like wait hold on did i miss something nope. no no
0: No, you didn't. (laughs) So anyway, the statues come to life in this place that they think is Apocalypse's tomb, but spoilers for the rest of the episode, it's not. But whatever. Who fucking cares? For the moment, we think it's Apocalypse's tomb. Magneto calls on Pyro for some reason to shoot fire at the statues, and that doesn't work at all. The statues keep attacking... This is going to take forever, by the way. This is okay. Like, by the
1: way, I'm just going to point this out now because it's really annoying, and I'm not going to wait until it's finally revealed. But these <laughs> statues are giant robots, right? Yes. And yes. for some reason, during this entire episode, even after they figure it out, Magneto doesn't do anything to I like know. stop them. And I'm just saying that now because like it's there are so many moments. There in are this- a
0: few things in this episode that are just wrong. That's one of them. And <laughs> I was like, the next one. The next one that I'm about to point out is that Storm. Shouldn't be capable of fighting in this episode. That said, I'm very glad she can because this is an episode that actually gives Storm a lot to do. However, they do it in the one time when she wouldn't be able to fight. Well, she would be able
1: to fight with her fists. No,
0: because she would be panicking. Ryan, the doors are oh, closing.
1: Right. she's I didn't even think sealed about that.
0: Underground, she has no abilities in this situation. I didn't even think about that. She should be f- passed out this entire episode like immediately i was like no how the you fuck know who does doing pass this? out this time we Gene? have like a revisit
1: to tsa Fucking and the Gene. tsa is a totally different thing TS where we return to that version of Gene where she's falling down and passing out for a bunch. And then she finally wakes up and screams out to Scott. Okay, All right.
0: I did write down Gene and Bobby falling down the stairs for 10 minutes was actually quite okay, it was funny, really funny because Bobby Bobby's voice actor, Bobby's voice actor is like, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> and it was like, I watched it multiple times because it was funny. However, I skipped something important. Which is Xavier tries to escape in his chair, and then he falls into a hole in the ground, and Magneto saves him dramatically, but Xavier passes out because he falls on the ground. Okay, wait, hold on,
1: hold on. So this is, these are, like, what I wrote down. So first of all, the horsemen statues are attacking them, and, like, Pyro's trying to kill them with fire. It doesn't work because they're fucking rock and or metal. Either way, it's still not going to work. Kitty is fine because something's like the roof is caving in. She
0: can phase through it, yeah. But
1: Colossus goes to save her because yep. now we're setting this up here. Yep. Kurt is Kurt falls through a hole and everybody gets scared. And I'm like, dude, we all know he can teleport. He's fine. Then yeah. for some reason, the whole place falls apart. Beast gets bitch slapped by a statue. Yep. Uh, a giant wheel. I thought this was really funny, but a giant <laughs> wheel, just like a rock wheel, rolls across the room and like takes out Xavier's wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... That's when the floor just appears, and that's when Magneto saves him. And that's, and then Storm. Very
0: romantic, by the way. Right. That's, they're dating.
1: I don't know. And then G tries to like, Move some rocks with their mind, but that's when they fall down the stairs, and yep. like it goes on for a really long time. It, I also wrote down it. it's genuinely really, really funny. fucking
0: funny, and then that's where they cut to the credits. Is after Gene and Bobby <laughs> fall down the stairs for 10 it was hours? like a
1: Dick Van Dyke moment where they're it like, was.
0: "Hey, the statues are here. What? Tripped over the furniture, gonna fall for twenty five <laughs> minutes,
1: and like some eighties <laughs> music like, plays in the background."
0: Genuinely not intended to be funny. Like I really can't emphasize enough: this whole episode is unfunny and serious. So we are like. Finding the moments of levity where We can I
1: think they I think they did Make some of this comical because otherwise It would be really fucking boring for a child to watch Like the kids that are watching this are like oh yeah We gotta laugh at things which is something that goes Away in season four
0: I know Anyway so after the credits Back
1: to Magneto saving his boyfriend Yeah.
0: (laughs) After the credits every single person Has been separated into little rooms
1: It doesn't even matter because like okay first First of all this is when we find out that Jean has just passed out she's done While Beast is flipping around doing some lark croft tomb raider shit in the background
0: yeah and he manages to slide into a room with magneto and xavier so the three adults well other than storm are basically in a room together and beast is going to read 60 hieroglyphs later so that's (laughs) that also and then in another room pietro pyro and cyclops all somehow ended up together I don't know why. I don't know how they came up with these. I don't know. This
1: is like this is almost like that Mutant Ages comic book episode I wrote when we were like in Apocalypse's Pyramid. And it wasn't even a reference to this. But
0: okay, I genuinely thought of that the whole time. I genuinely was like, this is like the Mutant Ages, the comic book where Katie was like, passed out like Jean (laughs) because she was recharging her powers. And like me and Todd were doing backflips around this fucking Zelda room like it is that and we got, that got is separated what is. yes but it's
1: funny because like i wasn't pulling it from this because i really had no memory of this episode i just because i i don't care about apocalypse shit for the most part unless it's well written
0: why would you ever rewatch this episode why would you ever watch it in the first place let me just go ahead and say don't like, watch listen, this episode. i had to
1: watch this when it aired on tv and i was like really excited to see a new x-men cartoon and it was just like a and this was a season finale
0: i don't even know how what happened
1: season two into season three was so incredible And emotional, and deep, and insightful in ways that this these two episodes are not. And I don't know what happened here because it doesn't even match with the tone of the rest of the season or the next season we're about to go into. And it doesn't even matter because, like, at the end of this, Xavier's all like, "Apocalypse is the worst thing we're ever going to deal with," and then we never see him again. Like, I think season four is like almost entirely dedicated to Magneto like throwing metal at pyramids, and that's it.
0: I mean, there's not going to be like a good time to say this because we don't have a politics section anymore. So I'll just like put it in here. But I was thinking this morning while I was making breakfast that the reason why I and I think also you really dislike Apocalypse in these shows is because he always distracts from the more political, like almost mundane conflicts that the X-Men face, which to me is the most interesting part like the most interesting part is the X-Men fighting cops, fighting against the legal system that is discriminating against them, figuring out how to exist in the world. But Apocalypse is not related to that at all. Like he is otherworldly and that's just... But the, okay, so there me. is a way that it can
1: work, though, that Jonathan Hickman figured out where they're like, let's write Apocalypse as sort of like this mutant Messiah Jesus figure. Yeah. And like it changes the tone of him entirely because he's like, I'm a mortal and I'm teaching people what I know and that what I know is that we can't trust humans. We have to either... Yeah kill them or assimilate them. Those are the only choices. I have seen this for years. I am I'm alone. I'm scared. I'm, I'm tired of Living forever and never winning
0: So like he still exists in the world And has a stance on it as opposed to this Guy who's just like a ghost Like he has right. no motivation really I don't know this one doesn't even
1: look like Apocalypse alright anyway know. so anyway so J- Storm is pa- oh, sorry, Storm is protecting A passed out gene Iceman sends A statue down a fucking slip and slide Storm creates one of those elect I don't
0: okay. okay this is not her powers this is not Her powers okay
1: I don't even know What it does because it never explains It but she creates like one of I those I think
0: it's a lamp because they're in the darkness who
1: fucking knows we'll never know but storm creates like the little like orb from spencer's we could buy in the 90s that you put your hand on and all the electricity went towards your hand that's what she creates yeah she creates one of those she floats it into the sky we don't know what it does we never see it again
0: yeah i think it's just a light i really think it's just a lantern that she's like creating out of thin fucking air like that's not how her lightning powers work i'm just saying (laughs) that's not how her lightning powers work at all so anyway, Bobby goes look to look at a random doorway. There's a couple sphinxes next to it. They immediately come to life and attack them. Everything's coming to life and attacking them. It's so boring. This is
1: like fucking the whiz again, where you go in the subway. Even even the walls come to life. We
0: skipped a scene, which who fucking cares? But we skipped the Pietro scene. So Pietro and Scott and Pyro are in their own room fighting guys, and Pietro's like, "I'm gonna run away and try to find an exit." And, like, disappear for the entirety of this episode. That's kind of important because he comes back later. Uh, anyway, he's gone. So then, elsewhere, <laughs> Colossus is punching a wall and Kitty phases through oh, it. Oh,
1: my God. He's just, like, punching repeatedly for no reason. And then they fucking start flirting. And there's, like, yes. robots running around them, right? And they're just, just are like, oh, hey. He's like, oh, hello. He's just like, huh, I saw you were punching that wall. <laughs> and then, of course, Kurt... <laughs> pops in because Kurt's actual mutant powers to cock block people. Yes. And it's like look I found a headset Kitty Kitty Kitty
0: look Kitty why aren't you looking at me Kitty I've got the headset Kitty Oh my god okay but the headset doesn't work up until the plot needs it to work um, which is not yet so it doesn't work right now
1: Okay well okay wait we, we go back to Beast who is actually trying to reach Kitty on the headset and Beast goes I can't reach them and Magneto goes yeah but we gotta focus on this mission anyway and Xavier's like he's right because they've been trained and who cares if they're even dead anyway because I could just trade more child soldiers and I'll just send them a telepathic message did you know I could do that let's spend five minutes re-explaining my powers right the fuck now and then he puts <laughs> those, like his fingers to his head which he hasn't done in like forever like both fingers and it like glows around his head and it's like X-Men this is my telepathic message I was like <laughs> why-, why are we spending time on this right now I mean
0: I don't know whatever it is actually relevant that he sends out the telepathic Message because that is how they find him, like way later. Okay,
1: I'm gonna point this out though. Later on, though, the person who says it, uh, Scott runs in, he says to Gene, Did you get the telepathic message? and Gene says, Yes. And I'm like, How you were passed out? How
0: <laughs> I like how hey, you're just point. like, I don't know. Okay, this episode, these not- last two
1: episodes like suffered from some sort of like. Storyboarding error I don't know What happened this show is so good Like it is so good I cannot Like explain how good This show is it is incredible And then there's just these two episodes And then like the Fred episode And I guess the African Storm one These are the only bad ones. But
0: those those other two are bad in a different way than this episode is. Yeah, this This is just this episode is bad in the way that X-Men TAS episodes could be bad, where it would just be like insane and boring at the same time. Where it would be like this doesn't make any sense, and also nothing that's happening is interesting. I
1: feel like X-Men the Animated Series was at least interesting, but it would be really fast, and I feel like that is the actual problem here. Except the storyboarding in this was like not well thought out. That is what I'm gonna say about that.
0: So then we have the the famous line that we've already talked about 60 times where Magneto turns to Hank and he's like, how's your ancient Egyptian? And Hank is like, rusty, but I do recognize some of these markings and by that I mean literally all of them because I'm about to read every <laughs> single thing on this entire wall. He's such a little wall. know-it-all. He's like well I don't
1: remember anything but if I have to read this I would guess that I could read this entire fucking wall and it's like okay Beast. I He's wrote like, it
0: all down but I was like why did I write it all down? We don't need to do
1: that. Okay here's what happens is that we get this absurd history of apocalypse where so like an alien or something lands from a spaceship because I think it's supposed to be an. a The
0: Celestials. No, I think it's supposed to be the Celestials because, well, I obviously I went, dug up Apocalypse's Marvel Wiki and I was like, what, how much of this is accurate? And actually it's fairly accurate because... Okay, so there's two things with Apocalypse. One is the Celestials that leave some alien technology for him. The other one is actually Kang the Conqueror is Ramatut. I don't know if you remembered that.
1: Oh, that's right, because that's like just one of the things he does.
0: (laughs) I know, and this is actually kind of fun because now more people have seen Loki, so they're like familiar with Kang the Conqueror, so they might actually kind of enjoy this fun fact. So Kang the Conqueror travels back in time to try to stop Apocalypse in the past, which, insane. That's never going to work, Kang, but whatever. So he he travels back in time, he becomes the Pharaoh Ramatut, and he uses all of his technology from the future to like get everybody to follow him and so beast obviously he isn't include beast isn't including all of that context also i think they're combining two things here for the sake of expediency which is that they're kind of presenting ramatad as both a time traveler and an alien and they never explain it they're just like he's magical don't worry about it he has a bunch of magic technology blah blah and then also separately from that Little baby Apocalypse was born and abandoned in the desert. He gets um, taken in by Ball Ball. and a bunch of other random guys in the desert. This is his actual backstory. Well,
1: it's like a gang of bandits. They're basically the Gerudos except men.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're the Gerudos. And so they train him to become Ganondorf, essentially.
1: I mean, that is like the story, right? Like, I'm not wrong. It
0: is. It basically is. No, you're not wrong. And so they teach him to fight and... Meanwhile, Rama Tut, who is Kang or whomever you want to pretend he is, knows that Apocalypse is in the desert and is like becoming stronger. And so he's like, OK, we need to kill this guy. And then they fail at killing him. But we aren't at that part yet. Because right. first we have to go back to a scene of Cyclops and Pyro fighting a bunch of fucking statues for 10 more years. That's
1: it. And then it's like it doesn't even matter. This
0: is when they figure out their robots. It doesn't help them at all. It doesn't help them.
1: You no know, it, like, it doesn't it doesn't
0: uh, pietro comes back and he's like i found a way out but the way out that he found is knocking over statues to create holes in the wall which is kind <laughs> of funny
1: weird. quicksilver does like spin around really gaily around one and i did enjoy that
0: I, I did too i did too there's like
1: another shot of like storm and bobby using the elements after the robots and then some i don't even understand this bobby turns around in the middle of it he goes guys I've run out of ice. Yes. And I was like, is it too dry down there? Is there like,
0: that's what I thought. I thought maybe it was so dry. But then, but then I was like, Oh, but then why isn't,
1: I was like, okay, but storm can dead? use her powers. <laughs> yeah. I, there's, I had so many questions. It didn't make any sense. He goes, I, I, he's like, I'm out of ice. But luckily Jean wakes up in that moment moment and slams a robot repeatedly into like another robot, which was kind of funny. And then she sees Scott and she's like,
0: Scott, Jean, Scott, Jean. Yeah. Because there's a hole in the wall. And so they see each other and then they run to each other and they don't kiss. Yeah. And this is where the insane comment
1: happens where Jean runs back into Scott's arms. And Scott goes like, did you get the professor's message? And Jean goes, I did. And I was like, but you were unconscious bitch. You couldn't have fucking gotten it. I
0: know. I know. And then Pietro's like, follow me. And then they all follow him for some reason. Yeah. And
1: then beast is like, anyway, time to continue my really long educational Wikipedia monologue on this yeah. Well.
0: okay so then apocalypse and rama tut are fighting each other but rama tut realizes apocalypse is going to fucking kill him so he runs away and then this is where apocalypse discovers rama tut's secret hidden vessel which i guess is a celestial alien technology they don't explain this this is me this is me adding marvel comics no but i think it. it's
1: if it's rama tut and we're going by kane the conqueror it could just be whatever like kane used right
0: yeah so it's like a little teleportation device that he has right so anyway, he uh, Apocalypse doesn't know what it is, but he's like, oh, sick, I'm going to steal this. And then I don't understand why Xavier says this next line. Just by the way, I don't know what he's getting this from. Xavier says that Apocalypse's motivation is that he was going to turn all humans into mutants.
1: That's really funny that you also wrote that because I wrote down. I have no idea how the fuck he figures that out based on this context.
0: yeah. I I don't know. And also, that's not usually Apocalypse's motivation. And that's actually kind of interesting if that was his motivation.
1: I mean, if anything, it's like Magneto's Magneto's the motivation. It's like either everyone's going to be queer or they need to fucking die. And it's like, okay,
0: (laughs) which is honestly kind of valid. But anyway, (laughs) Apocalypse's motivation normally is only the strong shall survive. I don't care if you're human. I don't care if you're a mutant. You need to be strong enough to work with me or I'm going to fucking kill you. That's it. Right. He doesn't give a shit about letting humans become Stronger that's that's not his thing at all
1: I don't I mean well Xavier At this point Xavier could just be saying anything Because later on in this episode Xavier says Something along the lines of he's like I don't know Where Apocalypse's real tube could possibly Be and I'm like you're the one who's been in Mesmero's mind I know. it's you, I you know. have, uh, Xavier is like wildly Back and forth into this but whatever
0: I know they're about to figure out that they're in the wrong Place because Beast is like okay So Apocalypse enters into the vessel And he realizes that he can use use it for whatever magic powers, right. but it drains all of his life force and that's when all of his followers betray him.
1: Because they're scared of him.
0: And they lock him inside the tomb. Yeah, they're they're terrified of him. They put him in
1: like a Zelda dungeon. They do a Ganondorf here. They're like, You're too strong. We're gonna lock you away in like a painting, and then like you will let somebody in three thousand years deal with this. Absolutely. Uh anyway, that's why Magneto says, wait a second, that means this isn't the tomb of apocalypse. And Xavier's like, and what's worse is I have no idea where it is. And I'm like, You do, you do, yeah. you went into mesmero's mind. And you said you knew where everything was because you were like, Whoopsie. Yeah, I forgot that I knew where all this was but never tell me you don't know where it is. Like did
0: you not finish looking? Like did you just see the Sphinx and think (laughs) you were done? Like what is this?
1: I don't even know why this is here but there's a note here that I wrote that says where's Hugh Jackman and that just keeps continuing.
0: (laughs) I don't know what's happening. I
1: don't know why I wrote that. Anyway okay now we're going to go to the Arctic which the only good scene in the entire episode where it's Sabretooth, Gambit and Logan and I guess they've tracked uh, Rogue, Mystique and Mesbro
0: in the mountains to Tibet. We don't know that they're in Tibet yet, but we may as well say it now because it's so confusing as it is.
1: They see a bunch of fucking uh, footprints on the yeah. ground.
0: Okay, this is so funny. So Sabretooth and Logan are standing around sniffing everything. They're like, sniff, sniff, sniff. And Logan's like, okay, I can't detect a third scent, so it has to be Mystique. And then Gambit walks up to them and he goes, how about you guys stop fucking sniffing and follow the footprints? And like <laughs> screams, looking at like three sets of footprints. And I laughed really hard at this. Me I loved too. it. So I was like
1: Gambit is the only good part of this entire episode
0: You know Gambit, That's gonna continue There's one other scene with Gambit and they're both great
1: Okay but see like when Gambit is Let's think about this The parts that we liked about The only part we liked about X-Men Origins Wolverine was Gambit And like we yes. really enjoy him on the animated series We enjoy him on this show I know he's great in Wolverine Is
0: Gambit our favorite character? Should we update I our mean, rankings again? No I'm
1: just saying that he is like Really fun. Like, yeah. there's a reason why he's popular. Because oh, did you God, see that? Yes, that Twitter thing that was going around know, about like who's somebody, the most.
0: Some fucking person was like Gambit's overrated, and then every single person was like, "Okay, he's really fucking hot. He's funny." And he's the best, and you're wrong. And
1: also, also, he's actually very strong. Like somebody wrote, he's like, uh, didn't Mister Sinister have to nerf his powers because if he touched anything, the whole room would explode? And it was he like has
0: awesome powers, and he's hilarious. Like, what's not? Okay, this to like? after
1: the, the, Okay, but the original tweet that it came from was saying that Storm was the most overrated X Men, and everybody was like, it got like so much hate because people are like, dude, are you really going to go after the one black character and like say that also
0: like one of the greatest and strongest characters. Yeah, ever I don't created. know what the hell.
1: And also if she doesn't have powers, she's the only character that can beat the shit out of somebody. I don't mm-hmm. know. It seems Although I great. think
0: Gambit can too. So it's really like, why are you going after the two characters who don't need their powers in order to fight? Gambit and Storm kind
1: of come from the same background where they're both ex thieves, ex criminals. They're both like very strong physically and also like overpowered and charming and charismatic there there's a reason why those two characters are friends in the comic books and you why know
0: so many people are fans of them and
1: why logan wants to fuck both of them and
0: has and yeah. has anyway right. that scene was incredible now we go back to fucking kitty again kitty phases through a wall okay wait
1: this is actually not terrible either though because this I know this is when I she... kind
0: of like her little romance with Colossus I just hate this episode so I'm Me struggling too. but although but... I do
1: like the kitty phases through a wall and Kurt like, teleports in and they just both crash into okay, each other and scream that was actually scream. very funny
0: you're right they just like they're like ah! <laughs> And I, like, I also okay. loved how they didn't acknowledge it I thought that was really funny too Like both of them <laughs> smashed into each other Screamed, paused, and then just had A normal conversation, and I was like This is <laughs> me and Ryan, like literally um, So then Kitty Is like, I think we're close, why don't you go up And join the professor, I'll look for the others And Kurt's like, and leave you alone with Steelface? Forget it, he shouldn't be trusted And Kitty's like, I don't know, he's kind of hot And you know how bad my taste in men is He <laughs> he, but seriously though, he's a total softie And then Klaus okay, is then- crashes Wait, in and like, he's like i i grew concerned because he, he like didn't see them for two seconds I,
1: he like burst the wall like the fucking kool-aid man he's like yeah he's like oh yeah i grew concerned and we're like okay class yeah because he's
0: like, like he isn't he hot and kurt is just like oh my god okay fine i guess i have to let this happen because kitty's my friend
1: also like kitty if it were an issue kitty can just like be like you can't touch me
0: bye yeah (laughs) that's part of why i feel like kitty likes bad boys on this show because like she can't ever be assaulted or attacked so she can kind of just be (laughs) like well i'll just toy with him and it's not like he can ever hurt me and it's like oh my god kitty oh my god
1: such a teenager (laughs) way Then at uh, two seconds later, Cyclops also blasts a hole through the wall next to Colossus. And then after that, a bunch of statues walk through another wall right next to it. It's actually pretty comical. I was it like, is, that's it a is lot of wall breaking. It is actually
0: quite funny. Um, but it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be funny. I think it's supposed to be scary. But anyway, all the kids are reunited again.
1: Okay, Pyro runs back in and he starts shooting fire at them. And I'm like, Pyro's just not getting it. Like yeah. it does not work, Pyro. Give up.
0: I know, I know. So then we go back to Beast and Xavier and Magneto. This is again. amazing, though. Okay,
1: this is really great. Though when Beast is like, "So if Apocalypse is in here, then who lies in these chambers?" and Magneto just screams, "Answers!" and rips <laughs> off the door. I know. I love Magneto. He's, he's like, actually,
0: I like him now a lot. I really like his the writing for him. That's
1: because he's finally being Magneto. Like, I don't know why we had two seasons where he wasn't Magneto and now he is Magneto. I
0: know. Anyway, so they he rips open the doors because he realizes that he has metal powers suddenly. And inside there's Ramatot's vessel or the time traveling box. I don't Whatever know what the, the fuck, fuck it is. is. I don't so, know. It's
1: like a floating diamond i could
0: <laughs> yeah it's the dark crystal oh yeah it's, it's huge it's huge um it's
1: legend of the dark crystal featuring ryan pagella and maddie myers and ryan truman
0: yep yep
1: it's that one so
0: anyway xavier rolls up to it and he's like wow can't believe it was buried under the sphinx for f- over five thousand years and then it opens up as they walk towards it and then there is a fun Shot of them all looking at each other like what the Fuck and then they continue walking towards it I did Like that animation I did like
1: that but I did not Like this next incredibly Stupid scene where they walk in and there's An Egyptian there's like a Pharaoh hat that is shaped like cerebro And it's just it's just a pharaoh cerebro
0: It is and I wrote that's Very convenient because it's like oh Cerebro's in here okay he, Xavier great.
1: walks over he puts it on like it's a no Fucking big deal and it also looks stupid And while not intentionally raised <laughs> It did come off that way a little bit. Like I was I like, would
0: agree. I would agree. And it's also like Beast is like, uh Charles, are you sure Do you want to put on the fucking ancient Cerebro? And Charles is like, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and just puts it on.
1: <laughs> Oh my god!
0: And then Logan quickly texts. Wait, Beast. this made me laugh
1: really hard because I'd like suddenly hear in the background Logan just screaming into a microphone, going, "Hank, Hank, are you there? Hank, <laughs> Hank, <laughs> Hank!" And I could just imagine Logan like out in the fucking snow, in holding the, snow the microphone like Tibet. in his hand, like and just screaming into it. Like it's not even on his head. It's just and like having
0: no idea how to use it, no clue how to use the headset, just <laughs> screaming, "Hank, like, are you in there? Are you in?" the microphone are you in here I love that it is canon that that Logan is always calling Beast at like insane times
1: <laughs> I did not realize that's what you were gonna say but I like that more than what I thought where I was like Logan Logan is I love Logan so much because he's a simple man <laughs> who has a big heart and cares about the right things but he's also so So dumb,
0: so dumb, so bad with technology. I love the idea also that Logan has been screaming for two hours and like Beast only now notices that his headset in his back pocket has been like going off (laughs) and he's like, oh, okay." So then he picks it up. Finally, he's like, oh, hey, I can hear you, Logan. What's going on? And Logan is like, we've tracked Rogue to Tibet. She's here with Mesmero and Mystique. And Beast tells Magneto and Xavier that they're in Tibet. And Magneto's like, yes, the highest reaches of the world. That's where Apocalypse is. And it's like, guys, why did you think he would be under a fucking Sphinx then? What? Whatever. Anyway. Well,
1: I, it doesn't matter. And then so they, they figure out where it is.
0: They get the coordinates from him. It's on Macalu Peak, which is a real mountain that's like near Everest. And at that point, I was like, right. why didn't they just do Everest? But whatever.
1: Now it goes over to the, like this Skyrim scene. Right. So we're in the snow and Logan and do and Gambit see Mesmero, Mystique and Rogue. And now Mesmero has like a fucking like staff that he's got like an yes. egyptian staff now that he's like waving around in the air like he's doing like really bad cosplay I
0: don't understand this staff it has a lot of power I mean I guess
1: so because like then then I guess he attacks them with, I, either with the cane or with like his, his powers. powers it's not No really it's with sh-
0: his powers it's with his powers because then they all collapse in pain and then Mesmer and Rogan Mystique walk away scream
1: my memories for a while But
0: then Logan when he comes back Two, he's like, Xavier's mental block just saved all of our lives. So he must have used his powers. Was
1: Xavier mentally blocking them the whole time? Was Xavier like able to tap into them that far away that entire time? I have well, do so you many questions.
0: Do you remember? Okay, it makes no sense. But do you remember how in the last episode, Xavier was like, I'm going to need to brainwash everybody so that they are protected from Mesmero. And Magneto was like, that makes sense for some reason. I don't
1: know if that's what happened so here. So what the but-
0: fuck did he just gave them some type of brain thing that... Why didn't he give that to them before Who
1: even <laughs> knows but I do want to point out That Logan and Sabretooth both grab their heads And start screaming and Gambit also falls Down but he's pretty silent and then like After Mesmero is done Gambit gets Up and Logan and Sabretooth are still on the Ground and I it's know. kind of funny that like Gambit's, like Gambit's
0: Like uh that wasn't that bad guys And they're both big babies <laughs> and, like, and like, so Sabretooth is oh. like he definitely saved Your life because Mesmero was telling me to push You off a mountain and the problem is I'm still Tempted and they both start growling at each other And Gambit goes do me a favor why don't you both jump off the fucking mountain and i (laughs) I just laughed laughed really hard so
1: i got a screaming cackle out of me because it was so funny because like these two are being prissy little bitches at each other again and Gambit's Gambit's just like like, oh
0: my fucking god gambit's like
1: i'm fucking done with you two you are like the most annoying people i've ever met in my entire (laughs) fucking life it's so
0: funny it's it is really great
1: So then we go back to Kitty and Colossus who are I don't know where (sighs) they are now. Now they're they're all climbing stairs that are like bigger than them. I don't know. There's like a pyramid inside the pyramid or something like that. I don't know what's happening. There are are 50 statues here. I don't know why there's so many of them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, like, out of control. I like that Colossus just screams and jumps through one, which I thought was really funny. And the kitty gets, like, super wet over it.
0: She does. She's like, oh, my God, he's so hot. He's made out of metal. And he can <laughs> like crush me with his bare hands. But I'll never <laughs> let him because I'll just phase through it. And Kurt is in the background, like, facepalming. Like, I don't oh my know God.
1: what's happening because, like, everybody's in a danger. And Kitty in this entire episode is like, I don't know, guys. I'm just so horny for this guy. Yeah. I just need to have (laughs) sex right the fuck now.
0: Lance who? Kitty says. Yeah, right. It's like, wow, too bad for Lance. It's over.
1: Then we go back to fucking Mesbro who leads Mystique and Rogue to like the apocalypse room that we've seen a thousand times already with the big Zelda gate.
0: Okay. And then there's like a really long conversation with Mystique.
1: This conversation is the only conversation in the entire scene episode that like makes any kind of fucking sense and is good.
0: I don't know if I would say it's good because I was just like Mystique. Mystique, why did you let yourself be fooled like this? I, because I don't know. she was so
1: worried about Rogue because basically Mesmero reveals that Mystique is the final key and Mystique yep. goes, what the fuck do you mean I'm the key? You said Rogue was. And Mesmero says, we need both of you. Mystique's like, listen, bitch, I agreed to bring Rogue here because I was assured our futures would be secured. Are you lying to me, you asshole? Which I think that's why she did all this because she was under the impression that her and Rogue were going to be okay because of Irene's Prime edition, and then right. Mystique like Freaked the fuck out because yep. like when any Anything happens to like Rogue or Nightcrawler Mystique like Cannot function at all in yeah, terms of Decision she makes making bad
0: decisions no you're Right you're right
1: uh, so then Mesmero says Apocalypse rewards those who are Loyal to him for some reason I put a question mark There uh, mystique <laughs> says why didn't you just enslave me like you did with her which is a kind of fucked up mystique that you're like why did not you just enslave me like you did to my child yeah and then mesmero says i was unable to because your powers of control are formidable and mystique has a great line where she goes i advise you remember that mm-hmm. and that's when we have to go through some like fucking zelda star trek disney's atlantis bullshit that's about to happen
0: <laughs> yeah so mystique agrees to go through and open up the first door and she turns into a snake so that she can go through this little tiny hole. She
1: turns into a fucking like snake charming cobra because we have to stay stick with this theme. Doo, doo,
0: doo, doo, yeah, and th- it's playing doo, that music doo, doo. in the
1: background and it's like I don't even know.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so then she gets into this chamber and she sees a button, basically, um, and it starts glowing before she even touches it. And she's kind of freaked out by it, but she touches it anyway. And then everything starts spinning around her for like 10 minutes. I guess then, it's the
1: room. But yeah. like even what's crazy is that this animation really looks super Disney all of a sudden. It looks it like does. we're going through If that. The thing that I can think about is that. Scene from Atlantis when we watched Atlantis and like, mm-hmm. what's her name? Kida. Kida.
0: In Atlantis when Kida is like, you know, turning into the Dark Phoenix, that part.
1: Yeah. And like everything's spinning around her. That's what it kind of looks like here. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then eventually definitely. like after what's important during this is that Mystique screams out in pain as her entire body turns into stone. Like, yes. so now she but
0: it opens the door it worked it opens it the does. door
1: it does and it also it sure it does ensure her safety because she's now like immortal because she, well she already was before but like now she yeah, really but is now just a rock
0: turned to stone. like she
1: basically this is like is she dead or not we don't yeah. know this is like a scene where it kind of is like teen titans the end yes. of season one where tara, where tara turns, to stone. turns yeah. to stone because they couldn't kill her on screen
0: yeah, so they had to find another way to kill her. It's very similar to that. Meanwhile, outside Gambit blows up the door and gets all three of them inside. Okay,
1: did you notice the music cue here is like gay Power Rangers starts? Yes,
0: I did. I did. Okay. I was like, wow, I guess all three of them get Sabertooth's Power Rangers theme song here because that's what's playing. Um, and so then Mesmero turns around and sees the three, three gay Power Rangers.
1: Because, yeah, the gay guys are here. And, like, I don't know what happened, but, like, all three of them just suddenly forgot how to fight entirely. Like, yep. like Logan, like, jumps at Mesro, gets knocked out. Sabretooth also does that and gets, like, knocked out. Gambit at least, like, puts up kind of a fight, and... I don't know He also gets knocked out But I was like Guys what happened I'm like Well
0: the staff Is apparently so strong That none of them Can fucking fight anymore Like Logan tries to Use his claws on Mesmero And Mesmero blocks it With the staff And Logan's like Owie my claws <laughs> Not hurt
1: what, What's happened Is that like it's Logan and Sabertooth Are just actually exhausted From all the like Fighting and fucking They've been doing And Gambit's just exhausted From having to be with them
0: Yeah I mean I know that the staff Is strong enough To snap Gambit's staff So that's why he gets Taken out Because his staff Isn't strong enough it's like What's this fucking staff That they didn't even bother To introduce And it's so powerful
1: I don't know It's like a It's like a random piece And so anyway Rogue goes over to Apocalypse's tomb And removes her glove She pushes a button and Apocalypse is revealed and he opens his eyes. But then then we quickly go back to the statues, literally just stomping around all the other X-Men, which get blasted into a room.
0: Meanwhile, Xavier's still on Cerebro, the the ancient Egyptian Cerebro.
1: The statue blasts a hole through the wall and then all the X-Men run in to find Magneto, Xavier, Beast, and they're just like, sup?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's all very convenient.
1: Oh, Um, wait, but what's with this fucking like Matrix moment that's about to happen where Xavier's like sitting on Cerebro and he's like suddenly like, I understand the entirety of space travel and teleportation. (laughs) And I've learned it all in like two seconds because it's been downloaded into my brain. Yeah.
0: And Beast is like, great. I know Kung Fu. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I know Kung Fu. And I also know how to use this device, which is apparently time traveling and like made by Kang the Conqueror or whatever. And... I can teleport us to any location and Beast is like, great, we need to go to Tibet anyway and also we need to get the fuck out of here. So he corrals all of the X-Men and the Brotherhood into the vessel. This
1: also reminded me of Mutant H* as the comic book which again was not something (laughs) I referenced in the episode where we were fighting the other alien ship with the Wolverines and like at the end this ship turned out to be Discorda. I was like, this whole episode is stuff that I wrote but I did not even pull it from here not even subconsciously because I did, like even in watching this I did not remember any of this shit. I was just... My note here says, are there really four more minutes of this shit?
0: (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of moments in this episode when I was very bored and looking at the timestamp and being like, (laughs) this feels so much longer than the 23 minutes that it actually is. Yeah, I really,
1: I don't know. But then it goes back to Wolverine still fighting poorly against Mesmero. He and Sabretooth are knocked out. uh, Or so Sabretooth knocks Mesmero out. Rogue suddenly is like, she's like oh, where in tarnation, am I? <laughs> but it doesn't matter because she can't figure it out because Apocalypse grabs her bare hand and does this like reverse power thing on her where instead of her sucking his powers, he sucks out like all the personalities in her, which I guess is like, I thought it was giving him power, but it doesn't seem to do that. It just like, revitalizes his life force by taking all these life forces that she's taken i think that's what's happening here because he doesn't like get cyclops's powers or anything like that it's just well, like well
0: i think he might because when he's floating away at the end it seems like he must be using telekinesis to deflect everybody and that's
1: just his powers i think literally he just was sucking broke had all this life force in her enough to revitalize him i don't think it had anything to do with, with him powers. taking powers.
0: Okay, well, he absorbs all of this shit and, like, knocks Rogue out, basically. Right. But it takes a really long time, and there's all these, like, ghostly shadows of the other mutants leaping into his body to illustrate what's happening. And, uh, by the way, Apocalypse doesn't talk, as we said last time around. He just lies there. I don't know.
1: I don't really don't know if he has any lines on this show, to be honest with you.
0: Well, he doesn't in this episode. Which
1: is kind of, like, different from X-Men, the animated series, where he, like, didn't stop talking. Mm-hmm.
0: But I wouldn't necessarily say it's better, because it's, like... Instead, we have this mysterious ghost that we're told is really powerful, but it's like, why is he here? What's the point of any of this? Why is this suddenly what the show is about instead of, like, anything else?
1: I don't know. I I feel like the apocalypse is, like, shoehorned into this whole series. And it's like, I really just wanted to see Emma Frost and the Dark Phoenix. Like, I didn't really care for any of this. And we didn't get to see it. We didn't even get to see it. So Logan runs past all this. He growls. He stops to growl at the mystique statue. And it's like, okay, Logan, keep moving. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rogues passed out and Logan goes to her side. Apocalypse rises out of the tomb like it's some sort of like Disney movie shit. Yeah, that's all we see there. Then a statue comes after all the other X-Men in Egypt or whatever. And Xavier quickly teleports them away in the ship. Like it's like there's so many cuts here and it's like so crazy. I think at first I wasn't even sure if they appeared in the same tomb that Apocalypse was in, but then they run into the room. Well, they're all there when he like floats around because like Mm -hmm. Apocalypse and now I hate this. So Apocalypse just fucking like floats out of his little, his like little, I don't know, vampire coffin. And then he like floats over Logan who tries to attack him, but he's thrown backwards and then everyone else comes up to Apocalypse. And for some reason we go into like slow motion for the final two minutes, except it's like stop animation slow motion and which (laughs) Apocalypse's only move here is he—he's just—he claps. He doesn't he claps do anything. He's just really like
0: really dramatically, and then it creates this huge force field that knocks everyone over in slow motion, really for like slowly. an entire for
1: two minutes. And like the fucking flute is playing again for yep. this whole thing, and then he just kind of floats into his ship. And Magneto tries to the metal doors open, but Apocalypse just blasts them away, and then it teleports away. And Magneto's like, "We failed," and Xavier goes, "Yes." Our greatest battle is just beginning. To which I was like, "Really? Is it?" Because I would consider the racist homophobes being worse than whatever this shit is.
0: Yeah, where it's still like I don't understand what Apocalypse is going to do. The
1: conflict here that you're now juxtaposing is that like Apocalypse is here and he wants to turn everyone to mutants, which which would help eliminate all the issues you guys are experiencing. Like, yeah, what? I don't understand. Like, what do you mean this is a greatest battle? This seems like the easiest one in comparison to like literally like racist homophobic misogynistic piece of shits that are like trying to kill everybody every day. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> I
0: don't know. Why didn't you talk to apocalypse? Like, why weren't you like, Hey dude, like we're mutants. What's your, what's your deal? Like, what do you, well,
1: because Xavier's like, Xavier's like, I can't control him. So I'm not even going to try to like reason I, with him.
0: I mean, why doesn't apocalypse talk to them? Yeah. Apocalypse needs followers. Doesn't he? Like, what is he going to do? Well, I mean, yeah, right. Cause he, well, he does
1: at the end of season four, he takes Mystique, Magneto, Storm, and Xavier and turns them into the Four Horsemen. Spoilers uh, for this <laughs> okay. this thing that came out 20 years ago. I don't know why any of those were the choices. Well,
0: I figured he would need some horsemen so that he could take over the world, which is like normally he's trying to kill everybody. I mean, I I don't know. It just feels it feels stupid. And I, I think we're probably reading too much into the one Xavier line that's like he wants to turn on everybody into mutants because like that's interesting to us. I mean, it's interesting to me, but I don't actually think that's his motivation.
1: I think that was interesting to us because like, what else was interesting about this episode?
0: I don't know, Kitty. I don't know.
1: I, I, I like that. was a long pause there. You're like a long pause. No, that wasn't a bad editing moment. That was just Maddie. Just trying to think <laughs> something that was good.
0: <laughs> I, I'm struggling. I mean, there were a couple gambit lines that were pretty funny. I liked Magneto saving Xavier. I like Magneto in general. Katie and Colossus being set up makes sense for their characters. So that's fine. We
1: never get to see. I feel like we never get to see that delivery, though, because there's only like six episodes left of the show now because it just gets canceled really fucking fast. And like, yeah, I really would love to have seen where it goes. I know that is my my problem that I constantly talk about on this show is like I'm like, I wish we got to see what the end of this series would have actually been. We'll Mm -hmm. never know. I think it was supposed to be five seasons, but Anyway this episode's like not good The only part I actually enjoyed was when Logan and Sabretooth were doing whatever stupid Bullshit they were doing and then Gabbit being like I'm so fucking sick and tired of the both Of you being prissy little bitches And I just want to like you both to jump Off a cliff because I know you will live but I won't Have to listen to this anymore (laughs) Like that's kind of like where he's at Uh, Unfortunately that is not enough to Save the episode for me like so it's Like this is a one out of five X's for me I did not enjoy this This was like not good and it was very disappointing after the end of season two into season three which was like as I stated before incredible like mm-hmm. absolutely incredible some of the best cartoon writing I've ever seen and then to have this be sort of like the follow up to that And I know they were trying to set the stakes higher for Apocalypse but I just feel like it did that thing where they're like, let's gather every single character on this series and have them all face off and all have like a one liner. And I was like, this kind of feels like, you know, when you do a movie, like a mood trilogy and like everybody's got to come back for the final fight. Like, that's kind of what it felt like. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, God, come on. What? Why? It, it was also
0: very boring that they wasted so much of this episode on fighting big statues in underground the Sphinx. And it's like, Why? Why was that the whole episode? And also, like,
1: I really miss that Wanda used to be a character on this show, but since they nerfed her powers and brainwashed her, she just kind of sticks and stands around in the background, being like, "I don't know where I am," and that's like kind of where she remains for the rest of this series, which is unfortunate because I think it was going to lead to her having a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, if she was a hero in this situation, it's not like she would have fixed it because she was brainwashed, but she, she was actually overpowered. She probably could fight apocalypse.
0: Yeah, but it doesn't really matter because she can't help them.
1: Wait, do you think like maybe if the show had continued, it would have been like a Dark Phoenix versus Apocalypse thing?
0: I have no idea.
1: That would have been interesting.
0: I could see that, though. I could see that. Right. I mean, isn't that kind of what they did on TAS? I'm trying to remember. I've blocked out. No, that's what
1: they did in the Apocalypse movie, which we have not watched for this show yet.
0: Oh, right.
1: But I I do feel like the only people who could of the mutant characters that could defeat Apocalypse, it's going to be either Jin. Jean Grey or Wanda, right? Like, it can't Mm -hmm. be anybody else because, like, and even Jean Grey, I think at the end, she could, like, burn him real good, but then he'll just, like, come back to life. Wanda could just look at him and be like, Blip, you don't have powers anymore. (laughs) Whoopsie, bye. Or, well, I was gonna say or rogue, but, like, I think even that falls into the same category as Jean where like Apocalypse is actually not defeatable
0: yeah it's also like Rogue wouldn't be able to get close enough to Apocalypse to use her powers on him because he's already like encased in this like ghostly magnetic field or whatever well
1: I was thinking more like if Rogue had every single character's powers because she's touched them all and then goes to fight Apocalypse like but even still like I don't think that's but enough but what
0: the fuck is his power in this episode where he's able to suck all of those out of her like is that even he gives his... everybody
1: the clap that's all <laughs>
0: Yeah, he gives everybody the clap, the apocalypse clap. Oh, God,
1: I don't want that. That's what we're talking about.
0: Anyway, I'm also going to give this episode a one. I feel like it succeeded at what they wanted it to do. It's just that I wildly disagree with what they wanted to do. (laughs) I I think it was the wrong choice. Like, they make the episodes so serious, so dramatic. They change the stakes completely. The whole world feels different, but like, In a bad way that's less interesting. And I don't think they should have done this. I really don't. I think they should have stuck with, like, Principal Kelly running for office. I feel like that would have been a scarier and more interesting plot line.
1: Okay, but that is what happens.
0: But why do you need Apocalypse, then? You can just have that, you know? Because
1: I think they wanted to do Apocalypse, because every show does. And... I, like I feel like every writer has a struggle with this, and there's been a couple of good iterations. I, I mean, I keep citing Jonathan Hickman as one, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's like another variation out there that I do enjoy, but I can't think of it right off the top of my head.
0: I mean, we've gotten some some listener emails about like apocalypse storylines people like. I here's the thing it's that like apocalypse,
1: and this is. Our listeners have convinced me at this point that Apocalypse can be a really interesting character. But like that, what the real issue is, is that like he's always written terribly. Mm -hmm. I think Chris Claremont could do it well. Like I thought I think him and Jonathan Hickman have been the front runners of like kind of understanding what his deal is. And like that is it. Also super weird that we have this TV show with Apocalypse and no Mr. Sinister.
0: Very weird. Very weird. And I feel like that would be interesting. Would have loved to see Emma Frost or like... honestly like
1: here's the deal like why Mesmero that's like not who this character is in the comic books and if like it's kind of like Mesmero replaced Mr. Sinister on this show but like really this should have been Mr. Sinister's whole thing fucking around with the mutants like taking their DNA manipulating them to like open Apocalypse's tomb so he could fuck Apocalypse like (laughs) that (laughs) would have made more sense to me than Mesmero (laughs) <laughs> like
0: I mean, why, I guess I, I don't know if it's so you're right. It's so random that it's Mesmero. Like why that character? It's almost like they needed a character who was just nobody just to be a pawn. Well, I
1: think they wanted somebody to kind of like brainwash people and make them do stuff. But there's no reason why that Mr. Sinister can't also do that because he's like the king of brainwashing. Like mm-hmm. that's his favorite thing to do. Unlike Xavier, he doesn't like pretend he's not doing that. He's just like, I want to brainwash them so I can control them. And they're like, Mr. Sinister, that's a bad idea. Mr. Sinister's like. I know. (laughs) And Xavier's like, I have to do it to save people. I'm a hero. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of (laughs) like,
0: yeah, it's also very weird that they had to have mastermind and Mesmero in the same show. Like I don't, I mean there's so much brainwashing at this point like you've got Xavier brainwashing people you got Mastermind brainwashing Wanda well M- Mastermind
1: is supposed to create illusions well
0: but you remember he brainwashes Wanda which like that's not normally his thing I think
1: what happens is that he creates an illusion in her head but I don't think she's brainwashed entirely like I think well
0: yeah but like functionally that's the result it's just there's a lot of that on this show
1: like I think Mesmero or Xavier could have like brainwashed her entirely but I think what was going to happen in the show is that Eventually, Wanda would have seen through that illusion and be like, wait, behind this illusion, there's really bad <laughs> shit. Huh? Let me like to House of M.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe that's where they were going to go with it. I, I mean, we'll never know. But regardless, I just I don't agree with introducing Apocalypse at this point. I just don't. I feel like it's boring and I feel like it changes the nature of the show, but not in a way that I care about. And... It's too bad.
1: It's really unfortunate.
0: It's all downhill from here, folks. We're going to watch season four. We're going to have a tough time, probably.
1: No, well, season four is the first like six episodes are really good. Like season four does a good job. And it's some really dark shit that I love. Like the whole apocalypse thing is kind of in the background. Like we're not going to even like spend a lot of time with that, which is kind of why I'm like, well, why did we spend so much time with it in the first place? You know? I don't
0: know. But that's not what we're going to do next time around. In two weeks, we are actually going to do a listener mail. That's right. And it is going to be just just plain old listener mail. We're not going to have a Mutant Ages the comic book because we're preparing in January for a fully voiced, fully casted Mutant Ages the comic book. A
1: special. Where
0: Ryan writes a script.
1: It's, it's a special that we're doing because we all got sucked into the Mojoverse. So here's the order <laughs> of what you can expect. So we're, after this episode, we have the listener mail. So get those listens in listeners also (laughs) after that we're going to do wolverine the movie the wolverine Mm -hmm. where he's the one that's set in japan and then after that it will be mutant ages the comic book and then we'll return to season four of x-men evolution which actually works out pretty well because during the holiday season i'm actually surprised we're even doing all this on top of two live streams this is unusual we usually we take like a month off and we're like see y'all on the other side but this time we're giving you like content but it's going to be a little bit easier so
0: yeah. Well, um,
1: I don't know about the Wolverine, but, you know. <laughs> I,
0: we'll see. We'll see what I think about it. I mean, I haven't seen it before. I like
1: that movie. I actually, of all the Fox films, that's the one I do I know like. I it
0: got pretty good reviews. Um, so I think it'll probably be really fun to watch. I don't know if it's going to be really deep or, like, questioning politics of the era. I don't expect that at all. But Okay, the cinematography
1: in that movie is really fucking good. I enjoy that about it. Yeah,
0: I'm excited for some fun fight scenes with good old Hugh Jackman. Hottie, hottie with a body. Um. So we'll, we'll, well there enjoy that. Where there he
1: is now. Now we know where he is. He's in the Wolverine. Finally,
0: we know where he is. Um. Great. But until then, please write in. Please mark your calendars. By the time this episode comes out, we will have already completed part three of reading that Wolverine and the X Men script, which is awful. So you can go watch those on YouTube.
1: Well, that's right. I was going to say you could catch this, but it's going to be too late for that. But what you can catch on December twelfth is the yes. holiday fundraiser live stream, six o'clock p.m. ET. Eastern. We're going to do it. We're excited and we would really love all of you to join us for that. So please tune in for that.
0: We're acting like we're in the plug section, but we're, I know, we can't I was going to say, enter but before it. Before that, we, we have can. to go. The X-Men are a metaphor for a lot of things and one of those things is being gay
1: Is there even a gay section in this episode? There's
0: literally one moment And it's Magneto saving Xavier No it's also
1: Sabertooth and Logan
0: Oh well then there's two
1: Okay well there's two everyone Um, There's no okay that is it though Like there's nothing else like interesting about it Like it's just like Logan and Sabretooth flirt Also Xavier and Magneto flirt The end Yeah. Uh, There's also like no like gay Allegory here No
0: that's all gone which is part of why it's not interesting to me anymore Because I'm like I don't care
1: i guess the only thing you could say is that like apocalypse is like well if i'm gay what if everyone was gay but like that's also something that xavier has decided
0: is going to happen but i don't think that's apocalypse's motivations even like why is he doing that
1: no well i don't know i don't know i i think we're just going to go back into the previous section we don't need to do that let's just talk about who's gay i guess but like we already touched on it yeah well we're only hold on let me see how far away we are from the super gay episode that i'm waiting for I think it's like episode seven of X-Men evolution. The last good episode of X-Men evolution is Kitty and Danny Moonstar like trying really hard to fuck.
0: It's pretty wild that Danny Moonstar is going to be introduced on the show. That's because they were introduced to her because they were going
1: to make her run the new mutants. But that doesn't happen because then they were immediately canceled after that episode. And they're like, got to wrap it all up.
0: Wild. I just, oh. I'm like, I can't believe they're going to introduce yet another character when we know they're about to get canceled. It's well, like, but they
1: didn't know that at the time. It just feels like they're
0: scrambling. I know, but it's they must have had some inkling. No,
1: no, because, like, the first seven episodes of season four are very good. Like, they're really good. They they do a lot of setup. We have Legion set up. We have fucking New Mutants set up. We have, like, Gambit joining the X-Men set up. And then it just, like, cancels everything out. Like, because wow. they... That's what happened with The Unjustice. This is the thing. This is what would happen back in the days. Cause they would, it's like on the South Park thing where they're like making episodes and getting them to the channels like within a week or two. And then the channel suddenly being like, Hey, you're done. You get two more episodes. <laughs> Cause the Unjustice was like really good up until the end of season two. And then the last two episodes are like, you're canceled. And we had this shitty ending. But then it got picked up again, like once when they went to a streaming service, which Fingers crossed, maybe this will happen to this show.
0: I, I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, we talked about that on the day when X Men 97 got announced. But... Hold on.
1: I know that we already had our X Men 97 segment, but I just thought about this. But like the end of X Men, the animated series, we were like sobbing over because like Xavier had to go up to the space because he was dying, right? And <laughs> yeah. like shit was so fucked because like the idea of mutants existing created all these riots. And it was like, well, Shit's so fucked. There's nothing we could do. And Magneto runs the X Men now. Are we picking up from there? <laughs> yeah. Like, I
0: mean, I assume so because, as so many people have pointed out, Xavier is not in the promotional image. Which I know. Fine by me. Fine by me. Well, let's
1: keep it that way. Let's keep it yep. that way.
0: Yep. I'm cool with that, and I'm cool with Magneto running things. Although Magneto is also not in the image, so I'm not really sure. Well,
1: they're going to have to bring. Well, they're going to have to bring Xavier back because there's no way they're not going to do X Men '97 and not do Cassandra Nova.
0: I know, but I am just like. What if Xavier's dead?
1: <laughs> it's like they go up to space they're like how you doing xavier he's like oh, i'm great i can walk now <laughs> do we want to plug our way out of here like Let's i feel plug like our we're way just out of here we're so okay. close
0: um yeah. okay so welcome to the plug section mutantages.com let me go over there let me see what's over okay. there. okay
1: well today i would like to say if you enjoy this show you can find us all over the internet Uh, Mutant Ages can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, Pinterest, TikTok, and wherever you want to go. But there's also lots of fun information you can learn about the Mutant Ages. Maddie, what is all that stuff?
0: Well, if you were to go to MutantAges.com, you could also find our email address. Like if you wanted to send in some listener mail for next time, it's the MutantAges at gmail.com. You can also go to our Discord server. There's a link That will invite you on in and there is a questions channel in there, but there's also all kinds of other channels like places where Ryan claims that X-Men 97 is never going to happen. (laughs) There's also a voicemail inbox where you can leave us messages that we play on our listener feedback episodes. That's 1-508-319-1668. And last but not least, we have a P.O. box for physical mail, which is P.O. box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760 and we will check that and when we do we put up videos of us opening the mail over on our youtube channel and there's so much stuff on our youtube channel now it's it's wild because we're doing the monthly live streams
1: there is like we're doing the live streams over there and at some point we're going to return to the video games um we're going to do that at some point, but you can find that over on YouTube at the Mutant Ages. And like I said, live streams, us playing every X-Men video game parodies. If you want to listen to watch us react to our X-Men movies we made when we were kids called the D-Men I highly recommend that. Maddie and I always go back and forth talking about revisiting it and making a Demon 3 with like our friends now, 20 years later. It'd
0: be a real X Men 97 move if we did it. So, honestly, you know, I right feel now. like
1: now's the time. I think we should like <laughs> pair it up with that. That would be really funny.
0: 2023, D3.
1: Listen, Mink is listening to this episode and she's going to me email us. I'd be like, I'm down.
0: Yeah. <laughs> everyone's down. No one, no one is against doing D3. Everybody can't wait to get yeah, the band back together and, and watch those and do those. I
1: mean, everybody's excited about it. You can also find my YouTube channel, which is just Ryan Pagella. Uh, it's my, I'm getting back to doing some vlogging again. I took a little break because after I went to Florida, I was like, I need some time to like recuperate my brain. Mm-hmm. So that's what's going on. Uh, I went and found some dinosaurs in Boston the other day, which by the way, you and Dina should absolutely check out.
0: Love dinosaurs. There's
1: like outside of Faneuil Hall. That is where you can find me. You can also find me on my Twitter at Ryan Pagella and on Instagram at Ryan dot Maddie, where are you on the internet?
0: I am at Mitty Myers everywhere, but while we, while I'm, it's my turn. I guess I may as well say there are a whole lot of other ways that you can support the Mutant Ages financially. For example, you could go to our store. There's always a link to our store in every episode description. You can get Bishop telling you that time travel is real, which in this episode, time travel is real. So it's important that we highlight that. Actually, it is real. Um, but also, we have a Patreon, which is where you can get. X-Men Christmas carols, X-mas carols, as we call them, if you back at the music tier. But there's so many other tiers that you could back and get bonus content from us. And at our highest tier, we give you a shout out on the show. Uh, By the way, I think I forgot to say the URL. It's patreon.com slash the mutant ages. But anyway, let's let's give a shout out. Shall we? I there's no voice you can do like. It's- All
1: right, so shout out to our top tier Patreon supporters Samuel B, So Mean Soren B, and Zach S. Thank you so much for your contribution to the Mutant Ages. It's keeping us active. Uh, it's certainly helped us. Right now, because in November, for some reason, that's when all of our memberships re-hit again. So, like, renewing us to continue putting this on SoundCloud is hitting right now. <laughs> like, I
0: know, I know. It's like all of it. It's like our web hosting, our SoundCloud box, fees, like the everything. PO box. It's like all all of our expenses are but here. But this is, this
1: is the this is what you're supporting us to do, to keep the show alive and... Uh, What's the word? Of, interactive with all of you, so...
0: <laughs> alive and, uh, uh, interactive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, trying to come up with the... I don't know. I spend so much of my time at my actual job writing everything to make it sound like really technically correct with like correct vocabulary. And I'm good at doing that. And then I like go to speak and I'm like, uh, uh, what's the word for collaboration? (laughs) (laughs) We will be back to X-Men evolution in a month, but you're going to get so much content before them. You're going to get two live streams. You're going to get a movie review, a listener meal, and also a wacky special comic book special. And then we will be back to reviewing the x-men so get ready for like just a month of us being fucking giant x-men nerds like in the (laughs) most genuine organic way possible
0: hell yes hell yes and so for all of those other episodes we will see you X time.
1: See you X time.
0: Is that
1: where we're gonna end Is you screaming hot drinks this time and me like just screaming like sleigh ride? No, I was doing Christmas music. Wait, hold on. We're gonna end it correctly. Ready? Just just put the sound. Clip of the fucking oboe where it's like, and like a little snake comes out. Okay. I, don't know. I will. See I'll, you I'll next dig time. we Stupid
0: oboe music. Oh my God.
1: Don't actually do that. Please. She's going to put it in there. <laughs>